This is the Alex Pearson Show. And of course, one of Toronto's oldest strip clubs back in the news. And um, that is because this is going to the Toronto Preservation Board on a recommendation that City Council protect this building that houses the Brass Rail Tavern. That's on Young Street. I'm not sure everyone needs to know where it is. I'm sure most know where it is. But this is uh, recommended because it's made a significant um, you know, contribution. It's become a moment in the city's architectural past. And if you don't know much about the rail, um, it was founded as a family-friendly food establishment back in 1948. And then by the 80s, it was super-duper friendly, right? And it became a big part of Toronto's uh, counterculture scene, music scene, and then it was part of the Sin Strip. Now a developer uh, wants to turn it, wants to turn this 64, you know, this old building into a 64-story tower along with several other buildings on Young. And so there's talk of saying, no, 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 we've got to make this a heritage site because it was built in 1889 in this Romanesque revival style. But all we see are a lot of women on the front. So what's under that? What makes this heritage Chris Bateman, manager of the Plax program at Heritage Toronto. This is an arm's length city agency and a registered charity joining us now. Maybe you can uh, parse through some of the details. Chris, great to have you. Thanks for having me, Alex. I've never, I've never even thought about the brass rail being a beautiful building because I don't know what's under it. I mean, it's covered, right? What's under that? Is there a beautiful old building? Because I'm a very big advocate of preserving heritage. I think Toronto does a lousy job of it. I'm from Hamilton, where they do a much better job of it. But what's under there that needs saving? I mean, yeah, there's two things really here. Yes, there is a a building underneath that facade, um, a much older building than the sign implies that goes back Mm. um, to the the 19th century. Um, But I think the, the bigger conversation we're having here about the brass rail is about where that business fits inside um, the the story of, of Toronto. You know, there's one. Th- it's one thing to uh, protect a building and and you know restore its its lovely architecture, but there's uh, this this business actually as well is, uh, is is interesting from a historical point of view. I know it, it's seen as kind of salacious. Uh, but when you think back to the days of, of Young Street, when it was really, really cool, like it, there was a moment in time when it was just like, there was Sam the Record Man, there was all these flashing signs, and then, yeah, there was the Brass Rail, there was Zanzibar, there was all these things, but it was really what made Toronto very, very cool, and we've lost that. Um, and, and so how does keeping, let's say, Brass Rail, and when, when we would keep it, how would it look, Chris? Are we talking like you keep the facade as it looks now, or, or you go to the raw building facade? I mean, it's probably too early to, to be able to answer that question. What's happening at the moment is the city is looking at protecting the building. I don't think there's actually been necessarily a full proposal put forward about what the protection would look like. But, you know, to, to your point, if you, if you want to understand the history of Young Street, then you, you have to include businesses like the Brass Rail in that story. And that's not necessarily to, um, you know, memorialize or, or celebrate or even actually make a judgment on, on, on what goes on at places like the Brass Rail. But like you said, it has to be included. There's a much bigger story to tell than just the building and the people who, who work at the Brass Rail um, have a story to tell, the people that owned it, the people that went in there as well. And- oh, I'm sure those walls could talk. I'm sure they'd be the most entertaining around. Like, you know, lots of fun's been had, no question about it. 
Exactly, um, and you have to fit it in with this bigger context as well of of Young Street, and you 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 use that term there, the sin strip, which mm-hmm. is kind of you know makes a bit of a judgment on on the type of uh, stuff that went on on Young Street up until pretty recently, um, but. That that's part of the story of the city. You know, we 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 do tend to to focus on buildings here, and uh, I guess the point is that you know, the, the there's a cultural history as well that 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 the brush rail represents. So, if you had to kind of uh, think on the spot as to how you could see it fitting in, what would it look like? Would it be just as simple as mounting a plaque on the wall and saying, "Once upon a time, a lot of relationships came to an end at this uh, point in time," <laughs> or is it keeping the actual building and implement and making it part of the new structure of whatever's built? Maybe it's both. You know, one of the big challenges, and we see this all across the city and maybe even beyond as well, is you can protect a building quite easily. We have the mechanism to do that with heritage designation, but you can't protect a business right. um, within that. And, you know, we, we see that with places like uh, the Silver Dollar, for mm-hmm. example, on Spadina. Um, keeping, uh, you, can, you can protect a building and you can sometimes in, try and include that business even in a, in a replacement building, but it's really difficult to... to to preserve something like the brass rail in amber and there's market forces and all this stuff and city changes and, and businesses change. Um, but the, the thing about the brass rail is, is, is the story of that business kind of echoes or mirrors, I should say, the, the, the story of Young Street. You know, you mentioned it was a sort of a family-friendly restaurant mm-hmm. place in the 40s. And then as you kind of come through the 70s, Young Street really has uh, really changes its its shape uh but you know you got sort of five and dimes and bars yeah. and sort of uh, sex shops and that that type of thing um and the city has kind of always been pushing back against that so you kind of get this push and pull where the city has tried to clean up young street for, for decades quote unquote clean up um and the, the street has resisted that in many ways it's never quite become what the city wants it to be in terms of a destination um, and that that sort of friction, that sort of push and pull around, the, you know, trying to design Young Street and Young Street kind of the character of it always coming out is is really interesting. You know, the fact that we're talking about it, yeah. that the people people are interested in this story, and people, uh, I think, when they if there does end up being a plaque on this building, I think people want to hear that story. They they you know they want to read about the nuances of the city's history increasingly, and I think there's there's much more understanding about. Um, and, and much less judgment about sex work and um, and places like the brass rail. So uh, I just hope that whatever comes out of this uh, proposal is that there's a there's either an opportunity to to talk about the brass rail and put it in context, mm-hmm. or you know if the business continues, well, who knows? We, we be, know. be, it would honestly be the most interesting lobby of a condo. Um, you know, if they could manage to do that kind of business. Hey, I, who knows? I mean, you look back to 2003, there were 31 of these collapses. Now there's only seven. So there's not many left. Um, but when you get a heritage designation, um, you know, it's very difficult to change anything. And so what does that mean for any kind of condo or uh, architecture going, because we need the buildings, as you know, Chris, but at some, some point, if it's going to be designated heritage, uh, what does that mean for the builder? Well, it would put some restrictions on what they could do, certainly. I mean, um, despite Heritage Toronto's name, we don't actually do the protection of, of the buildings. We're about the, the public education side of things. But with, with a Heritage designation, it can protect uh, it, can, it can protect just a facade. It can protect certain elements of the building. So by having Heritage designation, it doesn't rule out a, a tower appearing on, on top of it. And I think the, the, the proposal at the moment is for something quite big, a 64-story tower at the moment. 
it doesn't doesn't necessarily rule that out, but it it may say, okay, these details that are under the sign, these architectural details are worthy of protection. And when you're putting up your new building, you need to retain those and make sure that they're they're looked after. That's that that's probably what will come out of this. I'll I will uh, I'll love it if they say, hey, just keep that picture up, just make it the same, build around. Be <laughs> very interesting. Uh, well, we'll stay tuned and see where it goes at City Hall or at uh, City Council. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Alex. There you go. Chris Bateman is uh, with Plaques Program over at uh, Heritage Toronto. So, yeah, when brass rails in the headlines, well, we talk about it. I think it's a very interesting conversation to see where it goes. We're not good at it. We just, Toronto does not hold on to anything. And they don't, uh, they don't hold on to it. So it's kind of a, sorry, but dull, boring-looking city. Go to Hamilton. They've got some stunning, beautiful, old buildings, old architecture.